Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on MMA Fighting. I am Mike Heck, excited to be back with another episode of the program, another busy week in the world of mixed martial arts. Eagle FC has a card on Friday, UFC and Bellator both back on Saturday. Bellator, if we're being honest with ourselves, probably has the best fight of the weekend in terms of matchmaking. With their main event between Adam Borch and Mads Burnell, UFC is countering with Tiago Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev. Eagle FC has Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez. That's probably the most star power built fight, but that fight gives me a hell of a lot of concern if we're being honest, and I think a lot of you share that sentiment. Hopefully I'm proven wrong, but I've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but these types of matchups lead me to... A lot of the questions I have about Eagle FC, about this promotion, there's just, it's just, I don't like the fight. I don't like the fight. There's there's a whole bunch of other questions I have as well in terms of how this promotion is being funded, the payouts for these fighters, more specifically towards the fighters representing one management group in particular. Listen, I hope they have all the success in the world. But hopefully everything is on the up and up. These are valid questions that we're just not getting answers to and probably won't get answers to anytime soon. But anyways, I'm getting off topic with the ranting. Again, we'll see what happens. But Kevin Lee, I'm looking at it right now, and it's not on all the the sites yet, but minus 800 favorite. And (laughs) that line might be a little light if we're being honest. We might be looking at a minus 1100 type of scenario, excuse me, but... I don't know. I could talk about this for another hour, but let's talk about this show this week because I told you last week that this would be a loaded show and it's actually more loaded than I thought. It was going to be five guests, a lot to discuss. So let's get into it. We're going to wrap things up with Diamond Hands himself, Johnny Eblen. Huge fight on Saturday at Bellator 276. Takes on John Salter. Biggest test to date. 
He has some issues with Mr. Salter. He'll discuss that. He'll also give us some insight on the Marshall Rogan stuff. Because if you watch UFC 272, every fighter that had a microphone in their face was talking about the Marshall Rogan stuff. And he has knowledge of the financial game and some of the things that I have no idea about. So I wanted to ask him about that, and he gives his opinion on it, and it was a pretty strong one, so stay tuned for that. Speaking of UFC 272, Tim Elliott is going to join us after a massive win over Tagir Ulanbekov, gets a unanimous decision, and my new nickname for him is Honest Tim, which you probably understand why. If not, you will. If you felt that way, you'll feel more so after hearing this conversation. We're actually going to have both competitors in the Bellator 276 main event this weekend on the program. First, we'll hear from Mads Burnell. Then we'll hear from Adam Borich. I will say, just to give you a quick heads up, the audio in the Burnell interview, it's a tad tough. Zoom likes to randomly just boost audio like just occasionally this has happened maybe two or three times over the last two years, but this is one of those things, but it wasn't too bad. It's not super bad, but just want to give you a little bit of a heads up, a little precursor, if you will, but huge fight right there at 145. The winner is probably getting a title shot against the winner of AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull two on April 15th, more than likely, but we'll see. That's a really exciting fight. But first, if you missed it on the MA fighting YouTube channel on Saturday, before UFC 272, we dropped an interview with the former UFC middleweight champion of the world, Robert Whitaker. And some people just would like to listen to these interviews and listen to the show while in the car. Maybe you missed it. So if you did, we're going to kick us kick things off with Bobby Knuckles himself, Robert Whitaker. He will be welcomed to We Got Next for the very first time. He kicks us off. We're going to take a short break. Then you'll hear that conversation with Robert Whitaker. Thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy the show. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thank you. 
record this, we are a couple of days away from UFC 272. The build to this main event has been a bit ugly, if you will. So I think myself and everyone else in the space needs a little bit of positivity in our lives. And who better to give that to us than this man, Robert Whitaker, who had himself a super competitive fight with Israel Adesanya less than a month ago at UFC 271. Drops unanimous decision, but seemed quite happy with the performance. And I am happy to have Robert Whitaker back on. Robert, how are you, sir? Good thing you might you. I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. And a lot was made about the build to this fight with Israel, comparing it to the first one, about how you felt about everything after the fact, after that first fight. You grew quite a bit from it. You went sort of to that dark place, found the light. The aftermath of this one, yeah, you don't have the belt, but it's a night and day comparison to October 2019, is it not? Yeah, definitely, because... Uh... If any, yeah, it's it, it's not even close because after that first fight, you know, preparing for the second fight, there's there's always that level of, of hesitancy, of caution, of of doubt, not doubt like well, of what ifs, you know, and that and that's always present throughout the camp, throughout the training, and especially present during the fight. And you can see it kind of come out in that first round, and then in that second round, like a bolt of lightning hit me, and it's like. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that. I've come too far. And you can see two, three, four, five, I just get better and better and better. And then leaving that fight, I feel like I've come full circle finally. I've completed the cycle and I've left that fight so much better than when I went in. And uh, as you've seen the progress of my evolution and and skills and and getting better, mate, the future – it is limitless. There is no ceiling. And, and, you know, I was focusing on that because I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for, for, for what's to come. And uh, me, me and Adesanya are going to cross, cross paths again. And I think the next fight <laughs> will be very, very different. Was the question you asked on social media, how is the serenity? It seems like you've, you found that in, in, in a number of ways, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, but that was also that was also a take from the, the Australian movie The Castle. Right. But I mean it was nice to put on yourself. <laughs> you look so yeah, the the slow-mo, the beer, it was, it was just a nice yeah, relaxing thing. That's what you gotta do. Absolutely. The fight week itself, it seemed like you're really enjoying yourself. We saw the embedded series, you're playing video games with your dad. Press conference was super laid back. You relaxed. You and Izzy seem to enjoy yourselves. And you have, of course, when you have Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa on the stage, how can you not have fun with all that personality up there? It just seemed like it was just so much better of an approach on Fight Week. As good as it can be on that aspect, is this was it better than you actually thought it would be? Yeah, definitely. And you see, that's another thing going into this second one. It's like I knew how I would be because and how far I had come, but after that. That first fight, that first presser, that first conference, that first scenario just leaves such a bad lingering taste in your mouth, you know, like almost, yeah, almost like PTSD sort of, you know, you're like you're, you're kind of just, it's always there, you're always remembering it. So um, to see everything play out the way the way it did was really, really, really um, yeah, it was really nice. How did you feel Saturday morning of the fight? Like, how would you describe the feeling of waking up that morning in Houston, knowing I have this big fight coming up? Like you said, it's going full circle, full circle. I prepared for this. I put so much into it. I yeah. mentally put now, myself in the best place possible. Like what was the day of the fight like for you? 
day of the fight, the day of the fight's like every other fight. You know, it's just stress, nerves, focus. It's uh, yeah, doing whatever you can to try and take your mind off it until later. How much fun did you have in that octagon over those 25 minutes? Because you seemed like you had a blast in there. Yeah, it's uh, there's not a lot of time to actually enjoy yourself. It's kind of just everything's happening so fast. And it was such a chess match. It was kind of stressful, to be honest. I'm glad it looked like I was having fun, but it was, it was anything. It was anything but. It was like it was. It was a hard. It was a hard fought fight. How so? Like what? What? What was so? I mean, obviously, Adesanya is such a tough piece, like puzzle to solve, and the movement and the feints and everything that he does. What? What was? What was probably like the thing you remember most about the fight? Like, was there like sort of a? a vision, maybe it's like a slow one that sort of plays out in your mind that was consistent throughout the fight that, that you recall more than anything else? Um, no, nah, you know, I, I guess the overwhelming thought was just like how well, what it, like the game plan that I brought into the fight was executed, like how well it worked, how well it was, uh, like I executed it and how, how effective it was against him. You left that cage feeling like you won. And I think you might still feel like you won the fight. How would you grade your performance overall? Like sharing those 25 minutes, how would you grade it overall? Are you even able to do that? Uh, yeah, like it, is, it was a good performance and I executed the game plan that we spent weeks to, to fight. And I come, a, I come a hell of a long way since that first one. Um, but I'm not happy with it yet. I, I, yeah, I'm not happy with it. I, I didn't win. You know, even if I felt like I won, even if a lot of other people think I, I, I felt like I won, I didn't win. And that, like, I, that sits with me still. Like, the next day I woke up not feeling happy, you know. Like, it, it eats at me still. I'm not happy to lose. That's not – otherwise I wouldn't be in this sport. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, – so performance-wise, like, whilst I'm proud of what what happened and, and the way I conducted myself and the, the game plan that I executed, I'm not satisfied. And, uh, you know, I can only make amends with that by taking it out on the next guy and then getting back at Izzy one day. I'm glad you brought up the word satisfied because that was a word that stood out to me in our first conversation, like heading into the fight. And, and I know you were asked about the press conference and you kind of no-sold it at the moment, which I thought was kind of funny, but that was like what you were looking for more than anything. You were like, yeah, I want to, you know, winning would be great. Winning the belt would be great. And it, now I know how to better, I'm better prepared to win the belt, but I just want to leave that octagon feeling like I left it all in there. And that feeling of satisfaction was more important to you than anything else. Does it feel different now? Like now that in like hindsight, 2020, does, does it feel different now? Like you maybe, maybe yeah, you're not well, satisfied. No, I, I, I know at this point in time, I left, I left it all there. And uh, that's the only reason why I'm not much, much sadder than that I am, right? It's uh, I know that I, I left it all there, and um, but I I didn't get that that feeling of satisfaction, like I just mentioned, because uh, whilst I think it was a great fight from my my half, and 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 everything, and I took so much from it, and that I don't like losing, <laughs> like. Even yeah, I don't I don't like losing, and I I know I can bring more of myself out, and maybe maybe that's half my maybe that's part of my drive. It's just seeking that satisfaction, but it's not there yet. And um, you know, all I can all I can do is just keep hunting for it. 
people were fascinated by the fact that you have never watched the first fight with Israel Adesanya. Even at the press conference, like people were gasping when you had said that you never watched the fight. But you also said that, to be fair, you don't really go back and watch many of your fights in the aftermath. Very few, Ooh. if memory serves me correctly. You watched this yeah. one back, right? A fight that close, you had to have watched it. Nah, not yet. You haven't? <laughs> nah. Why not? It's too long, mate. 25 minutes. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you haven't watched it. Like I know yeah. the first one, I get it, and like some of the other ones, but fight that close, a fight you felt like you won. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I thought you'd go back to your room and watch it right after. Nah, I um, no, no, no. How do you score the fight when you think it? Think back to it when you go back round by um, round in your brain. I thought I won three or five. You know, I, I, I did. It's. Every punching exchange we got into, I won. Um, I, I had takedowns. You know, I don't know. It is what it is. I that's why I was fighting the way I did. I was confident with the victory, and um, I don't want to sit here and, and sound butthurt about it all. You know, because there's always there's been too much debate about it already. It's old news anyway. It's uh, it is what it is. You know, in close fights, the, the decision usually leans towards the champ. So the only thing I can do is get better again, which I've been doing every fight, and make sure the next fight isn't as close. The video of you arriving home and going to the car and opening the trunk with, with your kids there to greet you, I mean, that, that, that was just heartwarming stuff, man. That was amazing. What, 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 was, what was that like after everything you had gone through to get to that fight, the travel, <laughs> and then sharing the cage with Izzy and just to see your kids' yeah. faces like that? What was that moment like for you? Yeah, mate, that, that's that's the reason why I do it. Uh, yeah, that's my drive. Um, because, you know, with, with the pandemic and everything, they haven't been able to pick me up from the airport in the longest time because normally I go straight from the airport to a hotel quarantine. So um, to see them at the airport all picking me up and so excited to see me, um, yeah. like And they're at an age where they actually miss me now, you know, <laughs> like they feel it when I'm gone. So, um yeah, it's it's special. It's special. What was your favorite moment of fight week? Uh, I probably just sitting down and playing games with my dad, like twelve hours a day, like twelve hours a day. Bonding. Well, any moment I wasn't forced to do something else, I just <laughs> sitting there playing video games, like, <laughs> and just like, I don't know, it's such a good bonding moment between me and him. Yeah, yeah. Is that the most amount of time playing video games with him, like through those consecutive days that you've ever had? Yeah, well, that and then the last fight, <laughs> the fight before that, like it's, yeah, like we, it's just, yeah, we, we both like video games, but I don't know, going away with him to these special trips, just, um, yeah, it's, it's special, makes it special. What was, um, what, what, what's the setup you have, the, the, the game setup? That, that I saw on, on Instagram and you said might be the greatest day of my life. Sorry, kids. I know you were joking around and then you unveiled this, like this whole setup. Yeah. I'm not a, a huge gamer, but I, I know it's getting very popular. Could, could you like explain why that's so great? And you know what I mean? Like kind yeah. of walk me through it. So, so with the help of NVIDIA, they cut, they ordered a custom built desk. So, you know, your PC tower. Okay. That, is in the desk. The desk is the tower. What? Okay. And 
all the pieces of the computer are in the desk. And it's just, it is just such a nice setup. Not to mention the thing is an actual spaceship. Like it is so powerful, but um, it's just so clean. Like the, the tower is beautiful. Like, and it's got, it's got room to make it even better. It's easy accessible. The, yeah, it, it is just a gorgeous piece. It felt like my birthday. It's unreal. That's amazing. As far as your, your fighting career goes, because it seems like you took so much away from this fight with Israel in, in a much different way than, than the first one, that you are hungry, you're ready to come back, and you want to go full circle. You want to try to earn that opportunity to get in there with him one more time. When would you like to get back and do it again? Like, if you had a choice, the UFC called you right now and said, Robert, when do you want to fight again? What would you tell him? I think June, July is a good time. Just get straight back in there. Didn't walk away with too many injuries. Just bumps and bruises. So, um, yeah, if we can organize something for that, that period be good. And I think my, my, my guys are already speaking to, to the UFC and we're organizing something soon. So, yeah, should be should be a bit of fun. So what, what stands out to you? I, I, I think Vittori's an interesting matchup. There's Strickland, who's on a tear right now. There's Derek Brunson. He might only have one fight left in his career. You know, maybe he wants that one back. Paul Costa's always an interesting name. What I'm saying is that there's options for you, Robert, and lots of them. Which which one stands out to you, or does it not even matter? I think Vittori's the only one in the top five I haven't fought yet, so I think that makes the most sense. I mean, we're both chasing the same things, that third fight out of Sanya, so it makes perfect sense to, to, to have a dig with him. And hmm. I like that fight. I, th- I think it makes all the sense in the world. Last thing I wanted to ask you, because you've said it here, and you said it at the press conference, and it and it hit me like a ton of bricks. You said the word inevitable. It's inevitable that you and Israel Adesanya will fight again, that you guys will get back in that octagon and do one more time. There's talks about him maybe moving back up to 205 at some point. So maybe that clock is ticking. But I'm curious, would, would you be okay if you never fought him again? Uh, like, like, it, it, like in a sense that he's still in the middleweight division or he goes to another division? Like if your career ends, you know, five, 10 years from now, and for some reason we can't get this, you two guys in that octagon again, if you never get the chance to fight him a third time, would, you, still would the, you be okay with but that? The, 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 but the problem is like hey, 10 years from now, if he's still the champion in the middleweight division and I haven't had a chance to go at him, What's going wrong here? Like, <laughs> either I'm getting stitched up, or, or I fucking need to make some improvements somewhere, <laughs> or some changes. Like, something's gone heinously wrong. Like, you know what I mean? If if he moves to two hundred five, and I stay midway, and we never cross paths again, I'll I'll live with that. You know, it is what it is, sort of thing. But if he's in the middleweight division at the top, and I don't get a third fight with him one day then I've done something wrong. So if he stays a middleweight, retires as a middleweight, and you guys don't get to fight again, inevitable. it's inevitable. I, I'd love oh, to see if it he again. Retires, if, he re- if he retires, he retires. <laughs> right. But no, but, um, it, yeah, if everything like is kind of looks like it is now, the landscape is very similar yeah, to this today. The fight's, not personal. The, the fight's not personal for me. Like, it's, it's not personal. I don't, I don't hold it in my heart that I want to fight him again, you know? He's just yeah. It's not a it's not a rival. Just, it's it's a competitive thing. It's something that you feel like yeah, you feel like you can beat yeah. this man. Yeah. Well, he's he's the path to progression, right? He's the next step. He's the next big boss, and that's what I'm hunting. 
Yeah. I, I, I would like to see it again. Honestly, I, I, I thought the second fight was very close. I thought, I thought you might've got the split nod on I, I thought you were going to get it, especially being in Houston. Those judges could be a little finished. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for Ann new to come, but didn't happen. Izzy gets the, the Duke and now you get your chance to head back. And it's just so cool to see the way you're handling it, man. It's just unbelievable just to see how far you've come and the progression and all the interviews you did in the build up to the fight, just to see how you're handling everything. Now it's really unbelievable. And now literally as we record this, I have to go watch a press conference with, Jorge Mazadon and Colby Covington just shouting off horrible insults at each other for the next half an hour. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I got to talk to you before I got to, 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 to check all that out, man. I appreciate it very much. Great performance in that fight. And hopefully we do see you back there June and July, maybe against Myron Vittori, but definitely against one of the top middleweights in the world sharing that octagon with you. I appreciate the time very much, my man. Thank you very much, mate. Have a good one. say hello to Mads Burnell who will return to the Bellator cage Saturday March 12th to face Adam Borch five round main event and a big one at 145 pounds Mads welcome back to the program my man how are you thank you I'm good it's good to have you here how about this Mads we're getting into main event slots seven wins in a row you're on the marquee the big poster there's your face about time right I feel like this is a long time coming for you yeah, yeah, that it's super cool and it's something I'm super proud of. So it's it's cool finally being a a main event. Did you expect this, Mads, after the win over Manuel Sanchez? Because I mean, when we spoke right after the fight, you were down for whatever. You figured something fun was heading in your direction, but you, did you expect your next fight to be in a main event spot like this? I wouldn't say I expect it to be a main event uh, fight per se, but I expected like either I was going to get like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was going to be like a Pedro Cavallo or something like that or Vaisha, or it would be like me and Borix. Um, because I, I was like, in my mind, I was like, because AJ had been talking about moving up. So either AJ moves up and then they have to slide somebody in to fight Pitbull uh, for the title or something or AJ and Pitbull fights for the title and then they need to get the new contender going so then it's probably going to be me and Boric because we've been on a tear so yeah that that was what happened yeah and it works out great because this is such a, a fascinating fight I'm very much looking forward to it well we spoke after your last fight you were at the airport getting ready to head back to Denmark how long did you get to stay there did you get to uh, enjoy some time at home yeah, I got to enjoy some time at home, went to a little vacation in Greece as well. So that was good. I've been back here in America since December. So it's been good. You've been, get, you've been getting ready for a little bit then. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been busy in between all of this, including signing a new long-term deal with Bellator mm -hmm. MMA. Congratulations mm -hmm. on that. How does that Thank feel you. knowing uh, you have a home for the foreseeable future? It is so nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm I'm super happy to working with Bellator. The promotion is really cool all around, like the shows and the staff and everybody. So I'm just happy to to be with Bellator. Yeah. Was the Sanchez fight was was that the last one on your old deal, or did you still have another fight and you just renegotiated uh, before this one? How did that work? 
I think it was the last or second to last. Okay. And then, um, oh, so that worked out great for you. And how many fights? How many fights did you get? If you don't mind me asking. 38 fights. No, like they just, they just (laughs) renewed my contract to like a couple of fights. So it's, it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> 38 fights that'd be uh that'd be amazing be fighting there for 20 years <laughs> oh, i figured i figured as much uh you were in dublin for patchy mix's fight right with, with james Gallagher. Yeah. that was actually fun because i was supposed to just go there and enjoy the show with with my my coach Mikhail. and uh, because patchy's coaches apparently it's harder for you to go from america to europe especially ireland if you're not vaccinated so I was vaccinated and my coach was vaccinated. We went from Denmark to Ireland. Then Patchy calls me. It's like, yo, bro, like uh, my coaches, they can't get into America because like uh, the vaccine, like all this and that. It's like, can you corner me? It's like, oh, okay. So it ended up being me and my coach and one of Patchy's friends that was cornering Patchy for his fight against James, even though we were just supposed just to go and enjoy the show, right? But it was cool. That was some wow. crowd right there. That's crazy, man, because like, when did you get that call? When, when did you get the call? Like how many days before? I think it was like uh, me and I think we went there like on Thursday and the fight was like Saturday or something, like two days before. I can't even remember because he, he talked to me about it a couple of months before, but then he seemed to figure it out. And then we really didn't talk. And then I actually think it was when we landed in Dublin me and my coach then patchy saw him like, oh can you corner and it's like yeah of course man that's amazing did, did you mentioned the crowd but i mean just the overall experience being with patchy he's obviously the the enemies and enemy territory the crowd was just crazy i mean what did you think of it all just kind of soaking it all in seeing both guys come out the entrances and and how the crowd was i mean and, and the patchy going out there and silencing everybody what was that like for you no it was cool it was really cool and I was impressed about like how composed Patchy could be like throughout and all that. He just went out there and did what he did what he was supposed to do. So that was cool. Really and now, cool. It, and now it's your turn, man. You get, you get this big spot against Adam Borch, seventeen and one, lone loss to Darian Caldwell, but got some big wins on the resume. Like yourself, he's beat Aaron Pico and Jeremy Kennedy and Pat Curran to name a few. How do you size up Adam Borch as an opponent, and and how do you like the matchup? From a stylistic perspective, I think for every fighter says that when when a reporter asks, like, "How do you think this might matches up with a stylistic, like stylistically for you?" Yeah, I'm beating him everywhere. That's what every motherfucker say. But like, uh, I think he's he's a he's a good kickboxer, like Eastern European type of kickboxer, and he's uh, pretty athletic. But I'm not underestimating him in any way. I think he's a good fighter and. He's in the position he's in because he's good, obviously, right? Uh, but I don't see him as an all-round, like, mixed martial artist. Uh, I think he has some pretty big holes in his game. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to expose him. The, the reason I asked you that specific question is because one of the things we've spoken about in the past that really stood out to me is how important defense is when you fight, but how sort of unimportant defense is in the scoring of fights as a whole, because defense doesn't score points on the scorecards, but it's super effective in the fight. And that's why you explained it so well when it came to the Sanchez fight, because a lot of people thought it was closer than it actually was. But if you go back and watch the fight and you told me to go back and watch it in slow motion, and I did, 
And I saw everything that you were talking about, how, how right. you're missing a lot of the shots. But when mm -hmm. you have things moving so fast and the crowd reacting to everything, it's hard to really see. So how do we fix that? Like, do, do we, do you see a world where the scoring changes where, I, I mean, I don't even know how to fix that, how to, to score defense. Cause there's a chance you could have got robbed in that fight, but going back and watching it in slow motion, it was actually a more dominant win than, than it may have looked right. like. Right. But uh, I, I don't think necessarily you should get, um, it, it shouldn't be like defense should be scoring. you. It should just be like, if you throw a punch and you hit my guard, it doesn't matter if you throw 110 punches and they all hit my guard, you shouldn't get one point for that. You shouldn't get anything for it. It's just like, then the fight is neutral. You know what I mean? So where a lot of people, they just like score activity, but activity don't mean anything if you just hit an air or like hitting a guard or whatever. It's, it's like in everything, you rather want quality over quantity, right? So I don't, I don't necessarily think like, like I said, like uh, defense should be a scoring factor because then you could just be on your bike, like the whole fight, not doing th a thing and then win. And the fights wouldn't be, be, be like entertaining to watch then. Right. But like, it should just like, if, if you punch at me or whatever, you don't, you don't get any points, even though you throw 200 punches and I have 20. Yeah, I do feel like overall, even though watching it back and studying it and seeing it a little more closely, it was more dominant. I still feel like the fight right. as a whole was criminally underrated in terms of how exciting and how high level it was. Do you feel like this fight could match or maybe even surpass that? Or do you feel like this is more one-way traffic for you? Uh, I don't know, but I do that the way Sanchez fight is like, almost impossible not to have an entertaining fight when you fight with Emmanuel. Right? That dude, he is a freaking madman. He just, he throws 200 punches every 10 seconds, you know? I don't think Adam is the same kind of fighter. He's like a more calculator. If you could, if I could like, um, if I could like, um, what do you call it? Compare him to like a gun or something, uh, Adam would be like a sniper. And uh, Emmanuel will be like uh, AK-47. <laughs> That's a great comparison. That makes all the sense of the world. You know, he's just holding that, holding that, uh, that trigger and just, just firing off where Adam is a little more calculated and picking his shot. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, I, yeah. I know what you're saying. So, so do you think part of your strategy might be to try to take that sniper and turn it into an AK-47, try to get him no. out of his comfort zone? No, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go in there and do me. I'm I'm not going to give anything away with my game plan. I'm just going to go in there and do me, you know, control what I can control then. Yeah. And that's been very successful over these last seven fights for you. So how do we make it eight? How, how do we take that seven and ramp it up to eight in a row for you? This is a boring ass answer, but I just go in there and do me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I I know that in the past, like even after the Sanchez fight, you've been indifferent about fighting for titles and fighting AJ McKee and all these guys. So I'm sure you've been asked about, about that at nauseum, but we do have this fight on the books. Like you said, they're going to rematch in April. And if McKee wins, that's a wrap. We move on. And if Pitbull wins, they'll probably run it back a third time. But if you beat Adam Borge on Saturday, 
your next fight has to be for the belt, right? Like you're at least in the conversation, depending on what happens in the rematch. Like you don't care. I mean, you're a little indifferent about it, but you have to feel somewhere like, that a title shot is, is coming. Right. I mean, like me and Adam is already in the conversation. You know what I mean? They, they just need to get this out of the way. Like the people and AJ, they need to get that rivalry done. And then it's like, yeah, me and Adam is in the, in talks like it's a number one contender fight so so if you win and aj wins you're fighting for this you're fighting aj for the title i would i would think so yeah but uh and i do think aj wins again do you think it's a little more competitive this time or do you think it's kind of similar to the first one no (laughs) no i don't think so because i've i've said and that's that is no disrespect to people i really think he's a legend of the game and i really like his style but i just think stylistically AJ's a nightmare for him. Yeah, it's going to be because people, people is that like patient type of guy waiting until he can put that right sledgehammer in your face, pull, drawing people in. But AJ got the length, speed, and power not to engage. Like he needs to, he can have people engage and he can stand from distance and like snipe people with whatever he wants to. Uh, so, so people will have to fight a little bit a uh, different style than you usually do, and I don't think that works. Yeah, it's gonna be a great fight, just like your fight's gonna be a great fight against Adam Borch, main event of this upcoming Bellator card in St. Louis. Back to St. Louis yeah. comes uh, Bellator mm-hmm. in May, and you're on the marquee. You're on the the billboards that people will be driving down towards the arena to see, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty cool stuff, man. So, congratulations on earning this fight, man, and uh, really looking forward to it. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up here? No, really, not really anything else than tune in March 12th. It's going to be a, a banger of a fight. And yeah, that's it. Awesome, Mads. Thank you for the time and all the best to you on March 12th. Thank you. Have a good day, man. Let us say hello to Adam Borich. Big, big opportunity coming up this Saturday. He's going to face Mads Burnell in the main event of Bellator 276 in St. Louis, Missouri. First fight in over a year for Adam Borich. Welcome back, man. How are you? Or almost a Thank year, you, excuse me. Uh, almost a little bit less than a year. It's a long time, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You've been a pretty active guy these last few years. You've yeah. gotten to fight at least twice a year. 2020, yeah. you fought three times. That was one of your more active years. Last year, yeah. you only get the one fight. I mean, you were scheduled yeah. for a second. Supposed to fight, supposed to fight JJ Wilson. He misses weight yeah. big time. Yeah. Fight gets pulled. How tough was that? Being pretty healthy, but only getting to fight once last year. It was really tough, especially that camp, because I did that camp little with my wife. <laughs> she was at home, so... I did all sacrifice, you know, like 10 weeks and the fight didn't happen. And after I went back to Hungary and I supposed to fight December. So I, I was rushing back again. So I am in camp still since October, you know. <laughs> you were supposed to fight in December or they were talking about it? Yeah, but not about this fight, you know. So I cannot tell you anymore, but... <laughs> You're good. You've done, yeah. you've done enough of these interviews to do to know I was about to ask you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it's been a while, but now now we're back, right? And you get this big opportunity, and a title shot is on the line, more than likely for the winner of this fight when you face Mads Burnell. 
This guy's been on a roll. Can I ask what your reaction was to not only the matchmaking, but getting a main event and and fighting Mads Burnell? What did you think of the matchup and just the the, the stakes for this fight? Were you excited? Uh, You know, I am always excited when I get a fight. I mean, I don't feel extra pressure about the main event or something. You know, uh, I'm happy, you know, I can uh, fight against like high level guys. I don't want to fight a guy who's like, you know, five and 10 or something. So I was happy for Mets Burner. Uh, you know, I like the challenge and I think it's a really good matchup for, for me. How so? What, what stands out about the matchup for you? You know, his style, uh, he's not a poor wrestler, finally. So, I mean, he has a good ground game, but, you know, his takedowns are not like, you know, not like, the highest level or something and he likes to bang a little bit also so finally i can bang a little bit and i like that you know he has a good boxing good head movement and and he likes to fight and i like to fight also five rounds too new main event guidelines for bellator this year we're catching up adam all all main events whether they're title fights or non-title fights they're all potential 25 minute belt bouts do you like that? Or are you a fan of the five round main events? And how excited are you to be part of one of these, like one of these new non-title main events? I think you're the second one uh, of this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it's, I think it's really good because uh, it's a, I can say this is the, uh, the test before the title fight. So I like that. I mean, I fought already uh, four rounds when I was 21, 22, but it was in early in my career. So, you know, I always training, I'm always in shape. So I think the condition is not a problem for me. And uh, I really train hard, but this camp was great. You know, I'm ready. I, I can uh, I can feel and I, I know I am ready to go five runs. So I'm ready for whatever, but I think it's not going to be a five runs. Did you watch Mads' last fight with... Emmanuel Sanchez, and, and if so, yes. what did you think of it? Because that was a crazy fight. Yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy fight, but I see a lot of opening, you know, so where I can catch him. And uh, it was very, very close fight. I wasn't sure he, he won that fight, honestly. It was it was split decision or, or I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was unanimous, but it was still very close. Yeah, it was very, very close. So... But, you know, he's, he's a new generation like me, you know. Emmanuel Sanchez, uh, Pitbull, uh, Baker, uh, Daniel Shows, they fight Pat Kuren. They, they fought each other like long, long time. So it's time to, for the new blood, you know. Me, Barnell, AJ, uh, yeah. You guys, so you, you and Mads, you, this is the new, the new wave of 45ers. We're, yes. tur- we're turning the page, so to speak. Yes. I like, I like where you're coming from. Mads, I, I remember I interviewed Mads probably like a day or two after that fight, and I asked him about that because a lot of people thought Emmanuel won, and he mm-hmm. suggested that I go back and I watch the fight again, but in slow motion. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. I was like, challenge accepted. I'll go back and watch it again. And what you realize when you watch it back in slow motion, Adam, is that he, his defense is incredible. He has really good defense. Like a lot of those shots that you're watching live that you think Emmanuel's landing, he's actually not mm-hmm. landing. He's either got the guard up 
and they're hitting his guard wow. or he's able to slip the punches altogether. And you don't really re- recognize that unless you actually slow the fight down. And when you slow mm-hmm. a fight down and watch, you realize that this guy's incredible defense uh, yeah, a- has, as a striker. He yeah, he has, he has really good boxing and, and uh, good head movement. Yeah. You, you see, I, I like this fight for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons why is Mads is kind of like, Mads has good defense, but he pushes a really high pace and not, and you can push a really high pace, but for the most part, you're more of a, you're a very intelligent striker. You're very calculated. Uh, yeah. You have a very powerful approach to things, but you're very patient out there. Do you feel like the way you typically approach fights, you could slow him down a bit. You could slow down his activity and this can play right in your hands. You think that's a, a possibility for you? It's possibility, but you know, depends how the fight goes. So, you know, if I have to go high pace, you know, I, I go. But, you know, I like to see the things during the fight. So I think I have a good fight IQ. So and I use it that, and we will see. You know, you like to learn, learn on the fly, right? First, yeah. first round, you yeah, play yeah. it out, computer basically in your brain yeah. puts all the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or you know, if I see an opportunity, you know. I can go hard in the first round also. <laughs> you definitely can. So you, you're you saying that this is not going to go five rounds, even though it's potential five rounds. Do you have a prediction for this one? Like, how do you see this playing out in your head? I just, you know, I I don't like to say nothing like, oh, I'm going to finish him in a, a fourth round or something. Uh, but I can see a couple of things. How can I finish him? And But I am ready for five rounds also. So it, it can be five rounds, but I don't think so it's going to be. I think I, I'm going to catch him, you know. I saw on your Instagram not not too long ago, there's a photo of yourself with the champion, AJ McKee, and you're basically yeah. saying, listen, event me and this man, we're going to get in there. We're going to fight for the title. So his next fight is booked for April 15th. They're going to do the rematch with Patricio Pitbull. Do you think AJ retains? Do you think the fight is very similar to the first one? I think so, yeah. Yeah. This is my opinion. Yeah. Is this part of like just the, the new generation? Because Pitbull's been yeah. around a long time. This is kind of the, yes. you yes. had a great run, but now it's, it's our turn. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, the sports are changing. You know, you can see like AJ, how big is he, you know, and, and Pitbull. The, so you can see the size different. So, yeah, I think it's a big fact, you know, the size different. He's talked about moving up to 55 because that's a big weight cut for him. He's, he's admitted it. Um, he's I got the title. Now. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably have to deal with the same thing. So yeah. do you feel like do you, if he goes out there and beats Patricio, I would say there's a, there's a high likelihood that he's going to try to go up and, and fight his brother. If obviously he's got a title defense coming up potentially soon as well. Do you feel like you'll you'll get this if you win and AJ wins? Do you feel like that's the next fight, or do you feel like you're gonna have to wait a little bit to fight him? I I don't feel you know I should fight somebody else if I win this fight, you know. So yeah, I just I can see me or, or AJ or Pitbull. I don't care, but I definitely wanna the I want the title fight next. So I don't care who. So but I really wanna fight for a title for next fight, but. Honestly, I'm not thinking about too much now. I have a big fight coming up, so I have to focus on that, you know, and BBC after. I have to ask you about this because I saw that you attended a rodeo 
Is that, is that accurate? You went to the rodeo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never been to the rodeo. And you seemed you like you had go. a blast, man. What, what, what was yeah. it like? Tell me about it. I mean, that was my first time also, but I really liked that, you know. So I, I always watch on TV, but I never been in the show, you know, but it was great, man. It was just crazy to see in live how they jump so high, you know, and pe- those people are crazy, man. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> dangerous, you know. <laughs> Could you see yourself ever, ever doing something like that? Like just... Um, not really. <laughs> no. But I really, I really want to try a horse riding, you know, because this is in my culture. But I didn't have time. But rodeo, no. No, no rodeo. Where, where was this? No. Where was this rodeo? Uh, here in Florida, like a week ago. Yeah. Okay. What was the best part of it? What was the best part about it? What, was there a specific, a particular trick or uh, portion of the show that 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 you remembered more than than anything ben, else? Ben, uh, no, everything was great. I was just surprised the white horse, you know. So they try try to ride them, and they were like jumping more high than the bulls, and like wow, that that was interesting. Yeah. So you want to get into horseback riding, right? You you want to? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Do you think you'll have a horse someday, like your own horse? Your, yes, like definitely. once you're the champion, definitely. you get start getting that championship money. Yes, definitely, definitely. You know, this is our culture. You know, Hungarians. Yeah. <laughs> you and your, uh, you and Aaron Pico can can ride horses together. He's got horses too. I mean, I think <laughs> me and Aaron Pico, we would be a great friends because he's a fucking hard worker like me. He likes uh, uh dirt biking. Uh, me too. But, you know, it, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him, but, you know, we are uh, in the same way class now. <laughs> I agree with you. I think you and Aaron would, would, would be tight. We, you guys have a lot of common grounds, yeah. but he keeps calling you out after all of his fights. He goes and wins and he <laughs> says, I, I want to fight Adam Borch. But, I mean, you got of things to course. worry about yourself, but he keeps calling for, fighting, calling for a fight with you. Of course he wants, but, you know, I... I really wanted my rematch against uh, Darian Caldwell, you know, but I couldn't get it. So, I, I, of course, I, I really understand that. Everybody wants his rematch, you know. So, but I think maybe one day, I think if I'm in the champion and he wants to fight with me, that would be a great matchup. You know? Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, oftentimes when you get into that situation, especially the way you finished him, I mean, it was in spectacular fashion. It was a highlight reel. I mean, we still see yeah. the highlight of you finishing Aaron. And sometimes yeah. when fighters get put in these positions, it's tough to get up for a rematch because you think to yourself, like, how oh, yeah. can I do it better than the first time? But it doesn't seem like, like, yeah. if you're the champion, Aaron's the next man up, doesn't seem like that'll be much of a problem for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you got your own. But, but we have uh, other business we got to take care of first. Big fight with Matt yes. Burnell this Saturday. He's, uh, he's, yeah, well, I'm just saying he's very underrated fighter. I think. I mean, Matt Burnell. I could. I completely agree with you. I, I'm as soon as the fight was booked, uh, I, I was a big fan of it. This is the best main event of the weekend, right? I mean, there's yeah, a lot of events definitely. going on, but this is the best main event of the yeah. weekend, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 I think uh, I think you're on to something, Adam. But thank you so much, my man. I really appreciate the time, especially on fight week. That that means more than than everything. So thank you. safe travels to St. Louis. All the best thank to you, you uh, in this fight with Mads Vernell, my man. I'm looking forward to thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. say hello once again to tim elliott ladies and gentlemen wow what a performance this past saturday ufc 272 gets a huge win over to gear <laughs> you proved a lot of people wrong he's made some headlines since the win and we might have to change his nickname to honest tim how are you my man i'm doing good man never better so you were telling me before here record that it is tuesday as we're recording this you just got back from the gym so already back in there no time off no nothing no smelling of the roses whatsoever no time off, uh, trained yesterday, did all my live rounds, uh, trained today, sparred today. Um, shins are a little sore, feet are a little sore, my neck is a little sore, but I didn't take any damage in the fight. Um, I want to stay ready, get a quick turnaround, hopefully. So you win the fight on Saturday. You basically, I'm not sure what you did after. Like, how did you celebrate the win? And then was that just basically like, okay, we celebrated, time to turn the page? You know, James Krause told me uh, a long time ago and, and multiple times, like one thing that he regrets about his career is that he didn't really take time to enjoy his wins. And, uh, you know, I have a bad habit of doing that as well. Uh, after the fight, me, James, Gina and Kevin Kroom went to uh, All You Can Eat Sushi, ate dinner and then uh, went back to bed, uh, went back to the hotel, went to bed and flew to Kansas City um, the next morning at nine o'clock and then back right back in the gym for all of us. So, uh, you know, nothing changes. Everything just keeps right on moving. Did you even like go back and watch the rest of the card or anything, or you were just done all together with it? Well, we watched it, uh, at the sushi restaurant on James's phone. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the main event too? I did man. Impressive. Uh, well, that's a, that's a tough way to fight five rounds. That's a, that's a hard, uh, that's a hard road. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on the win. You've been at this for a long time, Tim, and there are certain fights in your career where you walk into that octagon, you're a big underdog. Not a lot of people are giving you much of a chance to win. And then you go in there and you get the job done. You ruin some betting parlays while you're at it. I think you ruined a bunch of them. How satisfying was this win for you? Can you compare it to any others like it where you proved a lot of people wrong like you did on Saturday? Uh, man, at this stage in the game, every win is just so important. Um, you know, but for, for, for us right now, it's, it's super important because, you know, you only get half your paycheck if you lose. And, uh, this was a long training camp. I had two different opponents back out. And, like if I needed this fight, if this fight didn't go through, like we were going to be, um, in a bad way financially. So, uh, it was super important, um, to, to get the win and, and to get our, to get our money. Uh, because like I said, it, it, the first fight didn't happen. So this camp got stretched, you know, twice as long. And, uh, you know, I just, I feel like it was a good thing though, a blessing in, dis- in disguise. We had a lot of time to skill build to beat this particular guy and, uh, you know, everything worked out the way that it, that it was supposed to. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because you had done some interviews leading into the fight and, and you knew how good Tagir's wrestling was and, and he was a really tough guy, but you also believe that 
you could go in there and he wasn't really going to hurt you at all. Like there wasn't a lot of danger there. And, and that confidence showed right away. Like you went right after him. You're talking to him. You egged him on. You took him down first and then you dropped him at the end of the round. Like it was a super impressive start to the fight. Like how much confidence did those first five minutes give you? You know, it's weird because I didn't during the fight while it was happening, I didn't, I felt like I was like forcing things and getting a little rush. And I can't in between rounds. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I'm doing well. And James was like, dude, shut up. You're pitching a shutout. Like you took him down, you dropped him. Like you're fighting perfect. Uh, but I need that. I need somebody to, you know, bring me back to reality. And like, uh, whether I'm thinking I'm doing good or thinking I'm doing bad, it doesn't really matter. Like James knows. And, and I just need to do what I, what he says. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, it gave me confidence after hearing him say that he thought that I was winning and pitching a shutout, um, whether I thought I was or not. And uh, so that obviously helped a lot going into the later rounds. You really didn't feel like you, you had a good first round. You know, I just, I don't, I felt it's weird because in the Nikolau fight, I felt so calm and so relaxed and I felt so good. And in this fight, I just felt rushed and, and rigid. And, uh, and then afterwards, James was like, good. He was like, if that's the case, he was like, I want you to feel rigid. I don't want you to feel relaxed and smooth anymore because he was like, this is how I want you to fight every time. It's so crazy to, to, to kind of hear you talk not now that you've gone with James, because I remember like the first time I talked to you when I came over to MMA fighting, it was after the Askarath, or it wasn't after, after the Askarath fight, but it was before maybe the Royval fight maybe, and you were talking about the Askarath fight, and you talked about how you don't remember most of it. Like you got right. dropped a couple of times. Like you didn't remember like half the fight and it was just such a weird thing. It was almost like a little bit alarming. And just to hear you like two years later talking like this and being so in the moment and, and remembering all these different moments in the fight, like remembering how you were feeling in between rounds and having James tell you otherwise, like it just feels like so different now. Like how different do you feel now than you did maybe two years ago? It's just like night and day change. Yeah, it's totally different. I mean, I was just training so hard. I always train hard, but like now um, I'm training just regular hard and then I'm skill building. Like we're literally, I'm doing privates every day, like working just nothing but techniques. And like James says, I'm one of those guys, like I can't just drill it till I get it right. I have to drill it until I can't get it wrong. And uh, we knew Tigir was going to be really good on the fence. We knew he was going to be uh, really good in the, in the clinch. So we just worked that tirelessly and, uh, there was just no surprises at all. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say because it looked like you you knew everything was coming. If even if he took you down, got you against Spencer, you're like, okay, we 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 knew this is all coming because well, second round was, a little, was yeah. Go ahead. That was James too because we knew he was gonna take me down. And usually I I like to try to play a little jujitsu and do my own thing, but James had none of that. He was if you hear him right when I get taken down, he's like, scoot your butt to the cage, cut the wizard, belly down, stand up. And I literally, as he was saying, I just did what he said and um. Tagir's other two opponents, they didn't make those extra steps. They would scoot to the wall and then they would play jujitsu. And you can't do that with Tagir. He's too good on top. Um, you have to get to your feet and make him work to try to put you down. And, uh, you know, of course, James is right as usual. And, and that was the game plan. And it worked really well. Second round, the gap kind of closed a little bit. Third round, momentum swung in his favor. And then we go to the old judges, Tim, those Nevada judges, they can really make things interesting. There were some really awful scorecards throughout the card. Bryce Mitchell getting a 30-27 makes absolutely no sense. I felt it took away from his performance because he was so dominant. How are you feeling after that third round? Were you feeling like a thousand percent, I'm winning this fight, I'm going home with that second check, or were you sweating it out a little bit? 
man, I was sweating again because uh, I was fairly certain in the Nikolai fight that I'd won. Um, and in this fight, you know, I thought that I was up, but I didn't want to be too confident. But, uh, you know, James seemed to think that I won. And, and at the end of the day, like, I can't help what the judges do. All I can do is try to go out and have a good performance. And um, I was okay with my performance. I was happy with how I performed. Um, I didn't take any damage. You know, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, just getting the win is just, just one of those extra things where it's like, now I get to have both my paychecks and my coaches get to get paid a little bit better. And, you know, my daughter will have a little bit of extra money in the bank. So it's just, uh, it's all par for the course. It's just kind of the way it goes. Great. Lift it off your shoulders. Big sigh of relief. Man, like you wouldn't believe. It, it was a great win. And, and, you know, social media is what it is. Some people thought he won. No one was crying robbery or anything like that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't right. to that extent. People, like some people scored it for, for Tagir, but it, no one was like, oh my God, this is the worst decision of all time. But I mean, tremendous performance. There were some moments that caught some eyeballs on the broadcast. And I think you know where I'm going with this. The, uh, yeah. the glove grabs are discussed and shown. And you go back and you speak with the media and you're asked about it. And you're saying, yeah. For sure, I grabbed the glove. I, I sure did. It. You could have easily been like most fighters in the UFC in that situation and said, "Oh man, I don't remember. There's so much happening in there. You know, if I did, it was an accident." You said, "Yeah, I grabbed the glove." Why did you approach it like that? I mean, look. At the end of the day, if Tagir would have beat me, nobody would have said shit about the glove grab. Nobody would have said anything about the cheating. The only reason why people are upset about the glove grab and shit is because they lost. His team lost, and uh, it just makes them look bad. Uh, the, they, they wouldn't have said anything about anything had they won. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. If you've ever been in a fight, and maybe I'm just different, but I'm, I'm trying to win, man. And uh, it's the referee's job to step in there if I'm doing something wrong. He was telling – he was saying all kinds of shit. He never – I think he told me, don't let go of the glove. I let go of the glove. But uh, for me, it's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm in there fist fighting, and – people are going on and on about the morality of the sport and the warrior spirit and all that bullshit, but I don't fucking care. Like I'm not a, I'm not a martial artist. I'm a fighter and this is my job and I'm trying to, to make money at this job. And, and that's what I did on Saturday. So, um, you know, for me, it's not an issue. Um, the bosses don't care. Dana White doesn't care. Mick Maynard. I'm good with all those guys. You know, they had no problem cutting my checks, um, cheating or not cheating. So, uh, I sleep fine at night and, um, you know, a lot more comfortable now that we have money in the bank. I loved the reaction to the knee question that you got in the scrum because it was very close in upon the, the replay. It wasn't an illegal knee, but your, your answer was, was, was awesome. It was, I can't be the fighter and the referee at the same time. Like I loved, I loved that answer. I, I was like, Oh, that's, that's really good. I mean, it's, it's tough, man. Like you're, you're trying to win and, especially in this sport. Cause like we talked, we talked about this pretty soon after your fight, we did like a live stream on Twitter spaces and there was every fight seemed to have something like there was a low blow or an eye poke or something like that. Always. And we're, we were just basically in, in, we came to the conclusion that especially with some of these referees, if you scout them out correctly, we're like, why wouldn't you go in there and fight? Like, like you did go for, like, if you go forward, like the judges are going to go for you in, in, in Nevada. It just seems to be the way if it's a close fight. And if you, not cheat purposely, but if you go in there and you maybe you poke an eye or go low, if things are wrong, like you're not going to get a point taken away until like the third time it happens. It's just I weird. Mean, like it happens all the time. And the thing is, is that 
it, like you said, it happens all the time and it's going to happen. Like I sparred today. I got poked in the eyes. I got my a glove grabbed. I got headbutt. I got scratched. And like, these are my friends and teammates. Like it happens. <laughs> and, and, and everybody knows that they're just, I don't know. I mean, even in basketball, if you slap the hand, that's part of the ball. You can't, can't tell me you're not in there trying to grab everything. You can't, I don't know. I don't want to get into these, these arguments at the end of the day. Like I'm out there to try to put on a show and try to win. And uh, I was able to do that. And uh, man, the, the, the coolest part for me was everything that happened in that fight, James Krause and I worked on specifically, like there was not a moment in that even, even him having my back, we knew he was going to be tough on the back. We worked a ton of uh, back escapes, although I didn't get away. Like, that that choke was tight. He may have gotten me that with that choke, you know, had I not had this camp that I had. So uh, again, couldn't be more happy with the results or the or the camp and my team. And man, what a good weekend. Last thing about the glove. Uh, did you hear Habib freaking out? Because he was screaming. I mean, screaming I his head off. I seen some memes, uh, but no, I can't. <laughs> man, I'm 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 really good at uh pinpointing james krause's voice i feel like i can only hear him in there it's just him and i uh we got it we got a good chemistry going right now it looked like you ruined his night because even when he got <laughs> inducted he got the hall of fame nom and got that big video and he was didn't even smile i think you ruined his night <laughs> yeah he'll be fine yeah i think he'll be all right he'll be okay so you <laughs> say you want to you, you want a quick turnaround so that means First thing that pops up, you're hoping you're the first call. Like, are we, are we ready to go back like ASAP as soon as possible? Or do you need like a month, two months? What are we thinking? I'm training like that. I'm training like uh, I'll be ready for anything at any time. But uh, it, realistically, uh, my fiance, Gina Mazzani, has a fight uh, coming up. And uh, I am not going to do anything to get in the way of her fight. Like right now is her time. So all our focus, all our efforts, everything that we're doing right now is so that she can get the same results that uh, we had last weekend. How's she doing right now? She's doing get, uh, good. Uh, she's right there. Hello. Hey, Gina, how are you? What's up, bud? She's, she's, uh, she's prepping, so she's good. We love this go. life, man. We live the fight life. We eat, sleep, drink, breathe this every day. This is, this is, we live for this shit. Glory MMA, I mean, it's been slowly rising, but now we're, I, I think, I think James is starting to really get the credit he deserves, especially now. Now we're seeing guys like Jeff Molina and we're seeing him come out and do his David Onama is becoming one of the more exciting fighters in the sport right now. And, and the list goes on and on. Like what, what is the vibe been like, especially you coming home with the win? Like what was, what has been the, the vibe in the gym today, yesterday, since you got back? Man, like you said, David Onama, like I'm feeding off of his win and he's already got another fight. Um, uh, we just, we have a bunch of momentum going with the gym right now. Uh, and I feel like it's not just with the winning, it's, it's performing going out there with the FAC fights. We had a couple guys get contracts for looking for a fight. One of our guys got a contract with the Nelk brothers, like, uh, you know, Brandon Moreno is coming down here to train. Uh, just everybody wants to get a little piece of James Krause and like selfishly, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want these people to come here. Like I want, I want all the James Krause I can get for myself. But then you have guys like, Brandon Moreno come in the gym and then all of a sudden practice is different. The whole gym is elevated. Everybody's going harder. Everybody's working more. Everybody, you know, Brandon Moreno's the champ, but when he came into the gym, like we had championship practices now and like then Brandon Moreno left, but he didn't take that championship practice shit with him. Like it stayed here. Like the buzz is still happening. Like we know what we're doing right now is the right thing. Otherwise guys like him, you know, they wouldn't be coming here. So uh, we're all just feeding off of that right now. 
Is he as delightful in person as he is in his interviews? He is, man, and a super great person. Uh, we were on the Ultimate Fighter together. He fought the very first fight uh, of the show. He was a number 16 seed, and uh, he lost that fight, and I gravitated toward him because he was off the show. I knew I wasn't going to have to fight him. And then uh, after the show, I called my dad first thing and was like, yo, man, this kid is going to be UFC world champion. Uh, told James Krause that too, and James was like, you're stupid. I didn't know it was going to happen that quick, but uh, yeah, he's the real deal and, and just what a good, kind person. And he, uh, like I said, him being in our gym made us all better. That's great. Is there anybody that's, I mean, unless you get the short notice call, then it doesn't really matter at that point. But is there anybody that stands out to you that you want to get back in there with? I know you mentioned some, some of the guys that you were booked with previously and the fights didn't come together, but you know, if those don't happen, what are you kind of looking at? Or is it pretty much open you season know, at 125 that, for Amir you? Amir al I think he's ranked one above me or right next to me. I, I like that fight. We were already scheduled to fight. Uh, but, man, like right now, it's it's a good time to be a flyweight. All, there's only 20, 15, 20 guys. They're all really good. I, you could literally – you could throw any of those two guys together and, and make fireworks. So uh, it's just a great time to be a flyweight. We have the fourth, uh, Brandon Moreno, Figueredo. Like those guys can fight 100 times. It's always going to be exciting. It's always going to be good for the division. Um, the flyweights are starting to make money now. So it just anybody, man, James, James is the guy. He just, I don't even think they asked me. They just tell James who we're fighting and then he signs a contract and we go. We host a matchmaking show on Sundays right after the cards, especially after pay-per-views go live, like do it the next morning on like no sleep. And you were a very popular name that came up amongst the listeners and the viewing audience. And there's one name that that took precedent over all of them, Cody Garbrandt. Oh, everyone see Tim Elliott versus Cody Garbrandt at 125. What do you think about that? Yeah, man, I love that fight. It's uh, that's a good, exciting fight. He, uh, yeah, is he staying at 25? I don't know. That that uh, Kyrie France fight was that was wild. But no, that that's a fight that uh, excites me a lot. And uh, you know, I like Cody a lot. And at one point, when I was cut from the UFC. Uh, Cody had a guy not show up to weigh-ins or something and I was there and, and Cody actually tried to help lobby for me to get the fight with him so that I could get re-signed to the UFC. So, uh, yeah, man, great dude, great opponent. Uh, that would be a fun fight. Wow. Well, imagine that, like, that'd be like a full circle kind of thing for you yeah, and, for and Cody sure. after all that, that'd be an amazing thing, but congratulations, man. Well done. I thought a plus in the, in the octagon. I love the post-fight media scrum, honest Tim, just, just making waves in the UFC flyweight division. So thank you very much for the time, my man. Uh, anything else you want to say, get off your chest before we wrap up here. No, man, just thanks to my, my team, my wife, uh, Gina Mazzani, James Krause, Glory MMA and fitness. Thank you guys. say hello to johnny evelyn one of the top up-and-coming middleweights in the world big fight coming up this saturday bellator 276 against john salter big one at 185 johnny getting a haircut right now looking sharp my man how are you yes sir looking sharp for my uh for my fight uh coming up saturday ready to put john salter in the ground bro there you go fun. It is Monday as you record it is fight week but it's also a very important day at american top team right it's mako monday did you take part in that today or did you take that one off physically because it's fight week and, but, but maybe you went for the insights and the, uh, the quotable things he likes to say on Mondays. Yeah, of course. Uh, Mako's the man, uh, he's, he's the guy that actually got me into the gym, uh, uh, initially, but yeah, I actually took part in Mako Monday today. I, I did a little boxing with my boxing coach, Diet Davis beforehand. And then I jumped in, did some drills 
with uh, Josh De Silvia, and then after that, I jumped in the sauna, got some weight off, and then now I'm getting my hair cut. Busy day for you. Um, yes, sir. Can, can I ask what the what the gym is like today? Sort of the the mood, the aura, if you will, because obviously UFC 272, there's a lot going on. Marina Morose got a massive win for the team, obviously, but it ended in a way that probably wasn't so tremendous for for the gym and for the team. Uh, what was the mood like at ATT today? Uh, we were all a little bit bummed, you know. Uh, things didn't play out how we wanted to, but uh, we just try to keep a positive energy at the gym because we got other people that have fights coming up. Uh, you know, just a, another day at the gym. Um, things didn't play out the way we wanted it to. So, you know, a little bit, you know, people kind of coming in, kind of bummed, but we got through it. We were all good. Did you did you watch the card on Saturday? And if so, uh, what did you think of the main event? Oh, I did. Um, and man, Colby just really wanted to wrestle, huh? And in the fourth, I, I saw George uh, clipped him hard. And I was hoping the, that he would finish him, but ended up not playing out that way. But it was a good it was a good card. It was a good uh, main event. Um, definitely think. Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit weird, though, too, how it all played out. It, Colby looked like he wasn't himself a little bit, or maybe he's getting worse. I don't know what it is. But um, um, George seemed a little off as well, too. But I guess I guess that's, you know, it is what it is. Speaking of your career and what you're about to do, we last saw you fight in December. You had a quick finish, 71 seconds. But then, like, maybe two days, three days later, you signed a new deal with the promotion, multi-fight, exclusive deal to stick around with Bellator. Congratulations on that. I, I assume you are quite happy with this new deal, and, and obviously you're getting a big fight, so everything seems to be playing out pretty well for you. Yeah, I'm super happy with Bellator. I'm glad uh, they, they decided to re-sign me, give me uh, a new deal, more money, um, championship uh, language in it, too. So I think they know where, where I'm headed, and I'm headed to go for that uh, Bellator gold. How, how many more fights did you get, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I think it was a six-fight deal. Oh, nice. Very yeah, good. Yeah. And, and the first one, it's the fight that seemed that you really wanted. Saw you on social media. I think John was kind of in the direction that this was probably going to go this way, too. You just fought for the title against yeah. Gegard Mousasi. How did this start? Like, yeah. What about John stood out as the fight that made the most sense for you? I actually signed a bad agreement to fight him in Florida, but supposedly he didn't hear anything about it or his like management didn't hit him up about it or I don't know. Supposedly I heard that he got hurt, but he claims that he didn't get hurt. So I don't know. I don't know the whole situation behind that, but basically I called him out after my fight and called him a pussy. And then he responded after that on, uh, on social media, you know, saying, Hey man, I didn't know. I, I, I wasn't contacted uh, about that fight. Um, I would have signed it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, man, at least I, I got it to happen. I'm glad I called him out. I'm glad I was public about it. He's down to, he's game to fight me. So let's do it. Wait, so you got a boat agreement to fight him? What, in that November card at, uh, at yeah, Hard Rock November there? At, yeah, Hard Rock. I was, I was pissed that I didn't get, get on that card because I haven't fought in Florida yet um, for Bellator. And Bellator never comes to Florida. So. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a little uh, upset about it. That's crazy, man. What, what did you think of his fight against Gegard? I'm sure you were paying attention to it. What, what did you think about his performance, Gegard's performance in particular? Gegard looked good, but I thought it played out how, how it um, played out in my head. Or it played out in reality how I thought it would play out. 
Um, that's exactly what I thought would happen. Um, and I'm planning on doing the same, but in, in a better fashion. He was looking, he, he was on a nice little run before the title fight, the th three wins in a row yeah. and a couple submissions. Obviously he's been around for a little yeah. while. It's a pretty yeah. big name in, in this Bellator division. Biggest fight of your career, right? Like no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. He's number one contender. This is huge for you. Yeah. He's the number one ranked guy in uh, Bellator, you know, uh, after Austin lost to Musashi, he's uh, they moved him back up to number one. I'm number three, so I'm looking to take that number one spot. Sometimes when fighters like yourself, you come up through the ranks of Bellator, and we wait for that sort of step up in competition. I feel like you've been you progressed the right way here, but people always have these questions, especially fans. Like, is this fighter as good as advertised? Are they really that good? This fight answers those questions in every single way. Does it not like how important is it for you to not only just beat the number one guy, but to prove yourself right, maybe make a statement for those of those people who maybe doubt your talent, you could prove them wrong a little bit. Yeah, of course. You know what, to be honest, I'm just going to go in and do my thing um, to the best of my ability, just showcase my skills and I'll let the talkers talk. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to prove anybody wrong. I'm not here to really do anything. I'm here to just show up, get paid and punch people in the face. So how do we get this thing done? What, what, what are you envisioning? Sprawling, brawling. Going to have some fun in there, baby. Go to his body, beat, beat the living shit out of him. Make him pay for not showing up in November, right? Pretty much. Just making him pay just in general, just because he signed a bad agreement. If you win this fight, do you, I mean, do, do you feel like your next fight will be for the title? Like, I, I know a lot of times these are presented as number one contender fights, but hard to believe if John wins, he's going to fight for the belt again. But if you win, I mean, yeah. you got to be fighting for the belt I, next, I, right? I would guess so. If not, I'll, I'll fight all comers. I don't really care. Uh, I think uh, my skills match up with everybody in the division and they can all get it. How, how is Austin doing after after the loss to Gegard? I know you guys are, are pretty tight. You train together quite often. At least that's what Austin has told me in the past. Uh, obviously not yeah. how he drew it up, but you know Gegard is, no. is tough. He's yeah. he's fighting very well right now. He's he's on top of his game. How, how does how is he doing after the loss? Honestly, I haven't I haven't spoke to him. I haven't seen him at the gym or anything. Um, I'm just letting him lay low. Um, when I run into him at the gym, I'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I just feel sorry for for like. I wouldn't want uh, something to play out like that either. You know, um, it's unfortunate, but I'm sure we'll catch up about it. Um, I'm kind of focused on my fight right now. I'm not yeah. too worried about, you know, talking to anybody, anybody besides, you know, people that are um, getting me ready for this fight. Understandable. I, I have to ask this question. I've been waiting for somebody since maybe Friday, maybe Friday night to ask somebody this question. I feel like you're the right guy to ask Johnny, because the last time I covered an event for Bellator. It was Bellator 258. You knocked out Daniel Madrid and you, you stood out to me because you had the QR code, the scannable link on your fight shorts. And, you know, you showed them again yeah. during your scrum. And I thought that was super cool. So you, you yeah. saw UFC 272 and every fighter on the card did a video or shouted it on the cage or with the media, like this Marshall Rogan coin thing. And I have no idea about Complete this world bullshit. at all. Okay. Explain Complete it to me. What, it, I, I need like to figure this out. Coin, I think, but they contacted me. They were going to pay me money to shield their coin, like make a post and then say something publicly after I win my fight. Uh, and I chose not to because fundamentally it has no use case. It's, it's, uh, it's it, it, anytime someone's paying you to shield something, it, it's a red flag for me. So I, 
I personally chose not to partake in that. But, you know, it could be a pump and dump scheme. I don't know. Um, cryptocurrency is the wild west, man. And, and if it's not a blue chip thing or if I don't do my uh, due diligence and really do my research behind something, I don't invest in it. And I did my research on on them, like not extensive research, but just a little bit of research on them. And I was like, eh, I don't really feel confident, um, you know, shilling this to my followers and, and making them exit liquidity. So I just chose to, you know, step off and, and, and not promote that coin. But I guess other people decided to take the money and, and promote it, you know, but it is what it is. They can do that. Um, I'm not here to tell you what to invest in or what not to invest in. I just... I personally don't want to show it. Well, what are, because I, again, in my knowledge of this, of this world is, is very minimum. And I know as, as an adult, I got to figure this out a little bit more, but why is it such a red flag in your eyes? Like when, when you saw the post and, and, and you saw the fighters talking about it, why, why was that initially a red flag for you? Because anything that's really like useful in this world doesn't really need to be promoted like that. If that makes any sense. Like, if something's actually like uh, competent in its job, like it doesn't need that much promotion. So it, it, it's like they're built, they're, they're trying to build off hype and, and hype isn't really like a tangible, like it does. How do I explain this? Dude? Um, it's literally a meme coin. It has no use case. So it's like, and then they're paying fighters to shill it. It's just, I don't know. It's just a huge red flag to me. If they were promoting something that was actually like useful and, and, and solving problems in the in um and decentral uh, decentralized currency, like okay, cool, I'll, I'd promote it. But that's not the case in this in this uh, particular um, situation. Right, this is not a protein powder or anything, and like you know what I mean. No, it's totally yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a gamble, like because people can buy it and then like they can get dumped on, like that, that's what's they can get rugged like um people promote it okay well my favorite fighter uh, is promoting this coin i'm gonna buy it oh it's at 20 cents but it started at like freaking like three cents you know what i mean and uh i'm sure the people that are paying the fighters to promote it own a lot of that coin so but not for you they're paying these guys yeah they're paying these guys to shill it they shill it people buy it they sell pretty pretty simple you know what i mean um right. i'm not I, I don't necessarily know that's exactly what's happening um i think it's kind of cool that they're paying fighters like actual ethereum or actual money um like good for them like fighters need to make money but i just don't think uh you know turning your followers into exit liquidity for these people that are paying you to promote it is uh you know morally right at the end of the day for me personally yeah. So for you, I mean, for you, it's great to have extra money and stuff, but if, if, if you find something, you know, in this world, you do your due diligence, makes sense to you. It's something you would invest in. Then we'll see you sort of jump on that train and, yes. and promote it to, to the fans okay. and of the sport. Yes. If it's something I personally like, yeah, something I personally agree with and I personally think that needs to be you know, promoted, it's a good thing. I'll promote it. And if they want to pay me to do it, I'll, I'll let them pay me to do it. But if I don't agree with it, like you won't see me show it. And that goes for everything. That goes with companies. That goes for, you know, quite literally everything. I want my name to attach to things that are, you know, good in this world.
Makes sense, man. I, I appreciate the time. I know you're getting your haircut. You got a million things going on, getting ready to hit the road and head to, to St. Louis, to take on John Salter, big fight at Bellator 276. Appreciate it, man. You're looking great. And uh, no we'll see you in that cage on Saturday, man. Appreciate it, man. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.